Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. Let's talk about the effects of social media on the adoption process. I love social media. You know me. I'm a technological guy. I've got my MySpace going. Friendster is going now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my Yahoo Messenger. I'm all over it. Your AOL. AOL. Got the disc and everything. <laughs> Where you can buy extra minutes at the grocery store in the little cards. Remember? Exactly. And they always have the free samples. Here, free 1,000 hours of AOL online. <laughs> Fast speed. <laughs> so, yeah, let's get into it. Social media and how it affects adoption. Yeah. So, um, for, you know, we're going we're gonna to really look at this for adoptive families from their perspective. And, you know, we're, we're kind of in the same age group as the other adoptive families. I mean, we're kind of at the end of the age group, probably. Certainly. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're still in the group. We're still, still, you know, still technically there. Right. Right. And so, you know, there's a lot of new stuff out there. I am just now really learning uh, Instagram and Twitter. And now, you know, Snapchat and TikTok have taken hold. And right. so, you know, to try to uh, stay cool with my teenagers, I am trying to learn some of this. And the look on their faces when I will say something like, okay, I have to go tweet. They... <laughs> They will just, yeah, they just start laughing because they're like, stop, stop. I got to go make a Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, and the TikTok, I don't really get the TikTok. Um, have you seen it? I kind of know, a, I mean, not very much. I, just a very cursory, it's like short videos that people put together and it's all the rave right now, which I don't understand because they're like, five second videos most of the time. Yeah. Less than a minute. Yeah. It's crazy to me because I guess we're, we've gotten to that point. We talked about it for so long that, you know, we're, we're desensitized and, and our, what is the word I'm looking for? Our short attention span, you know, and they've been talking about this since the eighties and now it's just getting to where, well, we got a five second video and we lose interest. <laughs> so <laughs> It is funny that all that's come to fruition. It is. It is. And the other day, uh, my 17-year-old was talking with um, one of her friends that's a boy. and um, But they're just friends. Clarifying Not boyfriend. That. Um, and 
I'm, I've never seen somebody Snapchat. So they're Snapchatting back and forth. And I asked her, I said, my gosh, why don't you pick up the phone and FaceTime him? Right. I mean, you make a video and then you send it. And then he makes a video and he sends it back. And then you make a video and send it back. And I'm thinking, wow. It, it seems like you're expending more energy creating these. But I, are they looking at it as, okay, I want to portray the perfect image. So let me do this video four or five times until I say exactly what she is wasn't. It? She wasn't. Huh. I don't know if he was, but she wasn't. Okay. Interesting. Um, and the text has always been the same to me too, because you sit there and text back and forth and what would be a 30 oh, no, second conversation on the phone. No, 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 no. I get the texting because you can text as you're doing something else. Okay. That's a fair point. It's not, you know, always appreciated when um, someone's sitting in front of you and you're texting somebody else. But, um, but with this Snapchat, I mean, this was honestly ridiculous. Just bizarre. <laughs> I mean, FaceTime them. Right. I, I, I don't. You would still see their face. And I, I mean, what do they save the videos? They, I, they disappear after a little bit, right? Right. They, they disappear as you watch them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't see the relevance at all. It's because we're getting older. You and I. And our Thank generation. <laughs> I we're didn't aging say, out of the club. Wait, I did not, it, I did not say we're getting old. We're getting older. But then we're again, who isn't, right? Yeah. We're not cool. Well, no, we're not cool or relevant anymore, unfortunately. <sighs> Well, <laughs> I look like I just gave you brain freeze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. She's got the mopey face, everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, maybe we should do a couple Snapchats, uh, you know. Just with... so we understand it? No, I mean to send out to our listeners. If they, oh. oh, only Snapchat one person. That's right. I think. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. We could Zoom I... our audience. Do a yeah. live, we could do a live Oh, that'd podcast. be fun. We should try to do that. Yeah. Okay. That'd be fun. And we probably need to be in the same room, though. And then Zoom everybody else. Right. Remember, we're still social distancing. Yeah. Maybe after the COVID-19, we'll try and do a live podcast where we Zoom everybody just to have fun. And yeah, I think that'd fun. be cool. Yeah, I agree. And we can do it in your amazing studio. Uh, it's getting there. I'm working on it. I would Looks love good. that. Yeah, I would too. That'd be fun. So I wanted to talk about social media because it's so prevalent in society. I mean, you can't go anywhere without hearing it, seeing it, referencing it. You know, teenagers are jumping from one platform to the another, just as I'm beginning to learn Twitter and Instagram, you know, they've moved on. When I say MySpace, they look at me with their mouth open and ask what I'm talking about. And then you say, and well, me and my friend Tom, we like MySpace. He's the only friend I have on it. Right. Do you remember, Tom? Uh, no. When you started MySpace, you you had one friend, oh, and it right. was Tom. It was that's the founder right. of the company or whatever. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, you know, and now that they've moved on to Snapchat and TikTok, I just, I can't catch up. Right. I'm so. with you. I think I gave up years ago, and it doesn't help that, see, your kids are into it. And they're all at the age where they're into it. 
maybe it's how I raised my son, but he just doesn't care. He doesn't do Facebook. He doesn't do Twitter. He doesn't do any of it as far as I know. I ought to ask him about like TikTok and the newer ones. Hmm. Okay. I thought he did do care. Facebook. He doesn't do it. Uh, he's got a profile on there. I don't think he's posted anything in years. You know, I haven't posted anything on my personal Facebook in a long time. Yeah. I just don't have the time to do it. And for what purpose? Right. I mean, look what I'm Facebook, eating. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook eliminated the need for Christmas cards. So I scratched that off the to-do list. Right. You know, I mean, you posted all your pictures all year long. What more are you going to do? Here's you don't have to tree. save your own calendar. <laughs> Facebook tells you when people are having their birthdays. That's helpful. It is kind of nice. And your anniversaries and everything else. So right. yeah, it's, that's helpful. So for adoptive families, you know, it's important to be cautious when you're using social media because there are some downfalls in incorporating social media and your adoption process, but there's also some amazing aspects of social media as well. For adoptive families looking to connect with a birth mother, you know, maybe get a Google voice number, an answering or screening service or setting up a voicemail if you're trying to do an independent adoption. Again, you want to really take precautions because this is where scams can erupt. If you don't know how to screen a birth mother and you're trying to go out there on your own. Now, working with an agency is, in my opinion, a safer option or an adoption attorney because they can be the one to screen the birth mother and, you know, have the personnel that is trained in working with women who are looking to place their baby for adoption. When adoptive families have their profiles on websites that are not associated with an agency and they're like an independent, you know, website. Do you remember this is, this is going to make you laugh. The old penny saver. Yeah, absolutely. And adoptive families used to put their, their little ads in there. And it was in Juno too. They did it in Juno in them, in that movie that people think is oh, real. But... That's right. They did. Yeah. And that's, I mean, people can do it anywhere, but it, it again, it's the long and short of it is, is that you, you know, to protect your, financial and emotional investment mm -hmm. and your family, it, it is safer to go with an agency. Now that doesn't mean that you have to exclude social media. So where social media would, you know, working with an agency would really be positive, I think is if you are looking to fundraise, for example, I have, you have to check with your agency or attorney and make sure that they allow it. But I've seen people do GoFundMe accounts. I've seen people do, um, fundraisers online. I have seen they host like virtual garage sales. I've seen that. Uh, we had um, one family that was a speech pathologist and in her office, she had like her adoption jar. And so when clients would come in, they would, you know, put some money in her adoption jar and I think she posted it on Facebook. So she got virtual money too. So things like that. Um, is, is an area. Also, I think being able to emotionally connect with other adoptive families as you are entering and going through the process. Now, the danger zone with that is that if there's not a monitor on it, you get one bad apple in the bunch and it can really make things go south quick. You know, if somebody does get burned with and adopt the adoption process with one birth mother. And then that, you know, terrifies and scares everybody else who are not, you know, maybe with the same entity or they're having a totally different experience with a different agency. Again, that can be hard too. So it's always better to make sure that if you're in like a chat room or 
something of that nature that you are, that there's an adoption monitor in there that, that can watch and help and jump in and explain because nothing is worse than getting information and then having a whole bunch of people who really don't understand the that process. information to try to disseminate it themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can imagine where that can go. Absolutely. Just like with any website, when there's no moderator, it becomes the Wild West and, and there's just no limits to what people will say and do. And it can get ugly, like you said, very fast. Right. Lord of the Flies. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, you <laughs> On know. The internet, right. Yeah, absolutely. And back in the old, olden days. Wow. Back in the days when uh, we first started the agency, we actually didn't really want to participate in chat rooms for that reason, because we couldn't be there to consistently monitor it. So actually as an agency, we don't even have a chat room because Mm -hmm. of that. Now we will link up families with other families so they can have that rapport and have someone to talk to, but putting a whole group together without a moderator 24 seven, you know what I mean? Can really cause concern and scare families. And you don't want somebody to have their adoption journey kind of bent or broken because mm-hmm. somebody else had a bad experience when it has no real reflection of their own. Mm-hmm. And then uh, during the adoption journey, after you're matched with a birth mother, I think it's really important to be mindful of what you are posting because it is very easy to find people in the small world that we live in. And so if you have a birth mother and you, we, we do caution our families and our birth mothers, you know what, in terms of social media, like we want your privacy respected, but you will have those couples and the birth moms that will try to figure out, you know, whose profile is on Facebook and um, we'll start reading their posts. So I would actually recommend that if you are in an adoption situation to have a private Facebook where you don't have information listed um, because sometimes birth mothers will post pictures of their ultrasound and then an adoptive family may be really panicked about that because it may make them think, Oh, she's not really good with her adoption plan. She's, you know, is she wavering? Is she, and when that happens then we have to go in and look at it and talk to the mom and, and see where she is. But honestly, just because a woman is choosing adoption, doesn't mean she's not celebrating her pregnancy. And it doesn't mean that she doesn't love her baby and isn't proud of the baby she's carrying. It may not be the vision of what an adoptive family wanted to experience. In other words, they didn't want to see the ultrasound pictures posted on her wall. But people know she's pregnant. They see her stomach growing. And so there has to be some sort of understanding. Um, But we get a lot of panicked phone calls when you know, an adoptive family has searched out and and done some investigation and found the page and, and have some concerns. And sometimes, yes, they're legitimate. We'll go to the birth mother and talk to them. And sometimes it's, it's just a reminder of a birth mother doesn't have to stop her life and doesn't have to devote, you know, everything she writes or everything she posts or everything she says, just, you know, in the manner to which others will feel better. But I think that emotional support in a positive moderated group isn't a bad idea, as long as it's moderated. I think that um, additionally, maybe finding local families that have gone through the adoption process and had a good experience, can you can connect with. I always think that it is also good 
for your adopted child to see other adopted children. So this is a relationship that can be grown. And as you bring home your baby and your children grow up for them to meet each other and, and know know each other. And have a community. So after placement of the baby, um, again, our agency uses Child Connect, which is, I would say, kind of like a social media platform. I've talked about it many times before, um, where you can email back and forth. You're able to maintain your privacy and send pictures and and so forth, back and forth. Again, uh, some post-adoption communication will include like Google voice numbers, which I think are also a very good idea. If that's the relationship that you have set up with your birth mother, I think the most important thing is to really set the expectation and establish boundaries though. Right. In any aspect, because you don't want to one, not fulfill what you're promising to do prior to placement. And two, you, you don't want the flip side. You don't want, you know, the expectation to be greater than what you have agreed to. So I think that if you're going to use a social media platform, there needs to be some agreement between the adoptive family and the birth mother as to what social media platform I would absolutely do a private where maybe it's just the adoptive family and the birth mother. If they choose to do something like this, make sure there's a written agreement. So everybody understands establish those boundaries. I, you know, when I've had situations where families will set up a Facebook profile and it's just for the adoptive mother and they will post pictures and everything else for her. And then the birth mother is so excited. She takes the pictures and posts them on her own wall. Mm -hmm. And then the adoptive family gets very upset because they don't. That's an invasion of their privacy. They didn't put that on the public page. Right. Right. And so then feelings get hurt and families are hesitant to post on Facebook because they don't want the pictures then transferred over. And so I think the way to make sure this doesn't happen is just on the front end, really discuss what this is going to look like. Right. Define the terms. Yes. Because, you know, social media can be a great resource used appropriately, safely and Again, agencies and attorneys may have guidelines they want you to follow. And it's not that they want to, you know, control how you do this. It's for your protection and for the birth mother's protection and the child's protection. So I think that, you know, in talking with the agency or attorney that you're using, um, really be mindful and listen to them because they can share past experiences of what can go wrong uh, with social media. So again, I think social media is, is a great can be a great resource in adoption used in the correct manner. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Tune in next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.